0: Hello and welcome to a very Kodak Moments podcast. Do you like it? (laughs) Good, innit? I'm Andy Brown, at ClinicalAndy on Twitter, and with me today...
1: (laughs) I'm Matt Holt, at Kodak Moments on Twitter, and I can't cope with that for the next half an hour.
0: (laughs) Shall I take him off? Yes. (laughs) Yes,
1: please. (laughs) Right, hold on. I'm trying to work them out from under my headphones. There we go. There we go. Right, you've taken your cat off your head. Hi, Matt. Hello, Andy. So, why have you got me here? Well, what are you talking about? You, you invited me. <laughs> well, <you're> the two. <laughs> for, the, for the benefit of the audience, I'm letting you act like you're the host. All right. Okay. I'm a podcast
0: prisoner. I'm, I'm forced to do this. Don't listen to him. He doesn't let me out until I've edited podcasts. podcast. He's evil. We're here today to talk about the surprises and disappointments that we had in 2017. So, this is something we've done now for a couple of years, isn't it? I think this is the fourth year. Four years ago, we, we didn't jump on the game of the year bandwagon. Were we trying to be hip?
1: No, I, th- I, think, I think we or just... Or were we lazy? Yeah. <laughs> we, we hadn't played enough games and couldn't work out what was the best from the year. So we just went with something a bit different. We're here to talk about what excited us and surprised us in 2017 and what we were really looking forward to and, and let us down. And to make it fair, we've brought a special guest in as well because there'll be somebody who can have a little bit more insight
2: than we can. Good evening, Ali. Hello. I'm Ali Cole or Cullenwolf on Twitter. Back again, as Mr Cullen would say, you've not locked the door, so I've got back in. or oh, he let me his key. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're sharing it between you, because he's probably cursing and fuming at the moment that he's not here doing this. We have something else in mind for him.
2: Oh, I know that sounds good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know about it yet, so. You've seen
1: Saw, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> okay, so surprise
0: and disappointments in 2017. Uh, well, before we kick off, a good year for gaming, do we think?
2: Um, yeah, I'd say it's been a a decent year for games. There's been some cracking titles out this year, but then it's more the industry itself that's possibly let it down, which has given us some disappointments.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think we've had the whole back end of the year, Battlefront, FIFA, and Destiny 2 scandals, I suppose you'd say, which haven't really bathed the industry in glory. We've talked ad infinitum about the Battlefront saga, but then to see more and more stories hit about developers potentially, inadvertently or not, fleecing gamers for extra cash or not being particularly transparent with various mechanisms, it's been a bit of a dodgy end to the year, and I am hoping that some of that sort of disappears or, or just gets rectified in 2018.
0: I don't know, there seems to be an attempt to normalise these microtransactions in games now to to this, Now, I've really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Oranges, but... All the transactions and all the additional stuff is, is just really baked into it. And it's not massively detracted from the game. You can ignore it, but there's the point where they give you 200 helix points. And there's not a single thing in the game that you can buy for 200 helix points. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. No. I, I I've not
0: seen another way to earn a single bloody helix point. I don't, I don't know whether they just shower you in them later on, but I suspect not. No.
1: If it's like the other games, I, I don't remember ever getting. Any Helix points outside the Ubisoft store. Yeah, yeah, it's not been a fantastic end of the year from a, a developer and publisher point of view, but it doesn't mean it's been a bad end to the year.
0: No, definitely not. And, and we've seen new hardware this year. We've seen the Switch come out, and that's
1: been very successful. Probably done a little bit better than most we were actually thinking it would.
2: Yeah, it's done. Is it ten million units in nine months? I saw
1: it's on a
0: par with PS4 sales and Wii sales. So I would call that
1: a success. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's starting to attract the third parties. It's had a myriad of releases in the last sort of maybe six weeks or so. Big titles, and it's got promised development coming up as well. So, that yeah, it is a success, is that? Proper serious games for proper serious gamers. Yeah,
2: I, I think publishers were possibly a little bit standoffish when it first came out. There wasn't a lot of titles, as other developers have gotten on board, especially Bethesda. Mm. I think they're starting to look at it and go, yeah, this is a good title to go with. I mean, if you can get Skyrim on it, you're doing well.
0: I guess we're at the point now where we've got decent figures on the console uptake and the attach rate, and that's going to be enticing, because, let's be honest, the Wii U wasn't a runaway success. No. People are going to be cautious. Yeah. yeah. So, who wants to kick off
1: then with the, what are we going to do first, disappointments or surprises? You know what, let's let the guests decide, because he can go first, he could choose which one he wants to do.
2: Do we start with a rant, or do we start with a happy That's the thing. Oh, I like
1: it. Bants or rants? Yeah. Uh,
2: let's go with a rant. <laughs> The start the podcast how I ended the last one. One of my biggest disappointments is, and this will come, it's no surprise, it falls Motorsport 7. We, <laughs>
0: Do you know, I I wanted to put money on you saying
2: that. <laughs> it's just not as good as it should be. They've stripped too much out of the game. You can listen to our racing podcast for a, quite an in-depth chat that we had about that. But since that podcast, I'm on a few forums, and the main one I'm racing with is, is Delta Online Racing. They organise... Actual racers, they have a safety car and all that. And it's because of the issues that we have. So we start at eight o'clock on a Sunday night. At the minute, there's two series. So they alternate between Porsche and Superminis. So I'm just doing the Superminis. Yeah. It's quite good for me, especially around Christmas. It's every other Sunday. And we race. It should start at eight o'clock normally on the button. And then it finishes about half past nine. And the last couple of times, it's not finished till about 11, half 11. Just because of issues with the servers, connection issues, actual gameplay issues and all sorts of stuff to the point that the guys are thinking they're either going to go back to Forza Motorsport 6 or potentially do a series on Project Cars 2 depending on fixes. And then one of the big guys, which is Pendulum Tuning, they're quite big uh, in, in the Forza community and they've actually said we're just doing Project Cars 2 and they've completely binned off Forza Motorsport 7.
1: Yeah, I saw that last week.
0: Wow you are going to think that the devs are going to sit up and take notice.
2: I'd like to think so, but then we had the awards. Is that last week or the week before? And somehow that game won best racing game, racing sim of the year. Mm. How? GT Sport, I think, deserves a good shout on that. There's not as much content on it, but at least you can play it and it's stable and it's fine. Project Cars 2 has come on leaps and bounds since the first one. And even the latest F1 game. Really, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the little mini-games in it for the races and things. So how can a broken game win, not game of the year, but in, that, in their genre, how can they win it? I, I, don't, I don't get it.
1: Public voting, that's what it is, isn't it? Which one was it? Was it the, the US Game Awards, or was it the Golden Joysticks? I can't remember which, which one's
2: coming. It, uh, it must be the US ones, the ones that they think are the Oscars. Yes. Or whatever, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but if they're if the publicly they voted for, then it's, it just comes down to popularity, doesn't it? number of copies sold.
0: Was there anything else that came close? Or? What,
2: in
1: terms of disappointment?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, As a whole, I'd like to just throw EA in. <laughs> <laughs> just throw that whole company in. Why not? <laughs> just because I feel like they're making it a disgrace of themselves, of the industry, as us as consumers. You guys have, have ranted about it for quite a bit. Battlefront 2 isn't a bad game. I do enjoy no. it. No, it's not. Perfectly I was playing it earlier with a couple of mates and if you've not played it for a while I was like I just got killed left right and centre it's not a bad game but they're just they're taking advantage of gamers because of these loot boxes they're also taking advantage of the, the license they've got as well because you know what Star Wars fans are like I'm a massive one I'll buy anything when I went to see the new film I went to watch it at an Odeon they had no popcorn tins no special cups or anything and I'm like what's this all about so I went into the showcase, just bought a drink, just so I could have yeah. the Films Cup. They're massively banking on the fact that it's a Star Wars game, so let's try and rip them off. And obviously it's loads of other games as well. Need for Speed, it's not as in your face, but when you first load it up, it's got these shipments that you can buy, and I know they're making a mockery out of the FIFA fans. So yeah, let's just chuck EA in this hole. whole. Why not? <laughs> it's
1: starting to feel like Room 101. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll carry on from, from Ali with the motorsport theme. Because my disappointment of 2017 was Project Cars 2. It, it's a bit of an odd one. We played it the first time at EGX this year and actually had quite a good time with it and, and really enjoyed it, got quite excited for it and got a copy, played it, enjoyed it and thought, okay, this has done it for me. It's one of the things that prompted me to go and get a steering wheel Get the full set, really make that commitment because it's not exactly a cheap cash investment. Nope. And then the absolutely atrocious online was what oh, did okay. it for me. I had probably similar to the Forza experience. I had an entire Saturday night just binned because I couldn't get in a race. It took an hour and a half to get into one race that I then got to spectate two laps of. And I think because I didn't enjoy that experience, obviously no one would. I then thought, right, well, I'm just going to focus on the single player. I'm going to take what I'm going to enjoy out of it from there, given the large number of cars and tracks and, and what it offers. And it just felt broken. Now, in fairness, I think they have fixed a lot since then. But because it just didn't work from setups on your, your controls or your steering wheels that refused to save if you're in a race, it just disregarded them every time you went back to the pits. Settings that didn't seem to do much at all. The engineering it is a brilliant idea. You get a set multiple choice questions on how you want your car to handle, what you want to change, and you select one of them. And 99% of my responses every time I selected what I wanted to do is it would go, Your car is maxed out for this. So you were either maxed out for downforce, you go, Right, so take some downforce off, you're maxed out for this option. <laughs> so it just okay. made no difference at all. Yeah. And trying to get into the, the settings as a whole, because you can go in and do it. If you've not got a degree in automotive engineering, you're a bit knackered in that game. It's so detailed. It's very hard. And wanting a game I could jump on and maybe get a couple of races in within an hour, I couldn't get that out of Project Cars 2. And the reason it's really a disappointment is because there's so much potential there, but it's got a barrier to entry when you haven't got a lot of time. I I, do, I flick past it almost every time the, the PS4 comes on and I see it and I think, I have to get the steering wheel out the pedals and I think, I haven't got two hours to mess around. I've got half an hour, I want something quick and, and easy and I think it's still lacking it. I know it's a sim game and it probably is never going to cater to the casual market but I think it's just lacking that arcade mode that you can just dive in and have a blast with what it offers because it offers so much.
0: I got a list of surprises as long as my arm but I only had two games on my list of disappointments, and Project Cars Two is on it for exactly the same reason. Oh, okay. you, you can't just drop in and have a quick game, and it's really put me off it. Yeah. I've not been back.
2: I would like to think if there's a couple of forums that I know of that are, are racing on it even now, and going to it from Forza Motorsport Seven, I'd like to think that they've fixed a lot of those issues.
0: It is a sim, and this mm. is what you said at the time. It is a sim, and it will divide opinion, but it just lacked any kind of way of really turning it down in, in my life. I put in a lot of time just driving around uh, one test track, just learning the track, learning the car, doing that, and that's great. It was, it really did pay off, and it became an excellent experience for that car on that track. Yeah, I just don't have time to replicate that across the whole of the game, and as a result, it just turned me off it. Yeah. And that's as much me as anything. It might be the world's greatest racing simulator, but it's
1: just, for me, it was a disappointment, personally. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad game. No, I'm just saying it didn't have what I was looking yeah, for in it. I need to make the same point, because I, th- I think it is, if you take it in the vein, it's meant to be straight from the off. It is a good game. It's yeah. just, there's so much that wasn't right. And every time the patch updates, like I might not be playing it, but I do go in and look, and I see what they fixed. And I see that they have fixed the settings not saving in the last update. But that's taken two and a half months from release to put something basic in like that. The yeah. fact that, and it's a niggle. It's always niggly things that disappoint because you just you just go in and feel well, oh, there's no polish on this. But the the fact the menu screens took thirty seconds to load. It it took the screen up and then paused and not let you do anything for thirty seconds because there was something trying to configure in the background and it was bits and pieces like that that just spoiled the experience. And I think. With some minor tweaks, it'll be something that's cracking. It's just yeah, I was I was really disappointed. And so from the point GT Sport came out, it's not had any luck in at all. I was racking my brain because I genuinely actually haven't been particularly disappointed with a game this year. Not majorly. And again, <laughs> we just need to reiterate with this podcast, it's not about good and bad games. It's about what we were personally disappointed with. And I think there's a lot of promise in Project Cars 2. It just didn't hit the sweet spot for me.
0: Well, for me, like I said, I had two racked up. And I'd, I'll be honest, I thought you were going to say one of the two of them. So I'm, I'm kind of pleased you said that one. John, on then what's your
1: biggest disappointment from the last year? Sniper, Ghost Warrior 3. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, can I take <laughs> my answer back now? <laughs>
0: It's just a broken game when it was launched. I think the um, CI Games have admitted they tried to do too much with too little resource. I've forgotten I even have it. (laughs) It was, well, for me, it started on a bad note because um, a couple of weeks before launch, or maybe even a couple of months before launch, they started to do a pre-order offer where if you pre-order the game, you could get a version that includes the season pass for nothing. Right. And I thought that's a pretty good deal, actually. That'll be like a 20 quid season pass. Yeah. And then it launched, and everywhere I could see, the season pass was free.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I think I've got it.
0: (laughs) I don't know whether they planned to charge for it and then thought, we are putting out a broken game, what are we going to do? The multiplayer wasn't included when it launched. Is the multiplayer
1: even live now?
0: I've never checked. It crashed constantly, it was really buggy, there were lots of game-breaking glitches, characters that just didn't appear when you needed to assassinate them crates that you needed to collect or ransack as part of the game that, that didn't register that you'd been into them so you, you couldn't mark off hundred percent completion. It was just it was yeah, it was just not
1: well put together. Yeah. You couldn't see enemies that were two hundred meters away from you, but you could quite happily see them from a drone, but you couldn't snipe them and oh, it was awful. You're Googling it now, aren't you? Just the multiplayer part.
0: I really wanted to enjoy it mm. a lot more a lot more than I did. But it was just It's one of those games that you just think, oh, maybe I'll come back to it when I've patched it and I never did.
2: There's nothing more disappointing than when you're really excited for a game. And it might not be a a AAA or it might not be the best game in a lot of people's opinions, but when you're really looking forward to the next one in that series because you just enjoy them and then it just comes out and you're like, great, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, Do you
0: you know, uh, I think part of it as well is I love Sniper Elite. So the idea of a decent open-world sniping game set in the modern era was really, really attractive to me. Yeah. Cause I'm so bored of space shooters.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And I'm not I'm not much on World War One and World War II. So, you know, it's better it's better than now. But I really just wanted a decent you know, if they made a sniper elite game set in the modern era with modern
2: weapons, I'd oh, cream in my jeans. <laughs> a, a, a game I'd love to see that nobody's ever really done. Is if you were like a SWAT team, and then like you had to do it's like a four-player co-op or something, and you had to like take down guys in a bank, and you've got a couple of snipers on the roof, and you can play as them, and
0: isn't that just Rainbow Six Siege?
2: A little bit, yeah, but more <laughs> kind of XCOM based, but you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so basically, Rainbow Six. Yeah. Basically, what you're describing there is the original Rainbow Six, where you can actually program your AI teammates and yeah. then switch between them yeah. as you execute. Yeah, which was. Awesome concept,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I go with that. Um, that would be cool. Just done a little bit of searching. while you guys have been talking. As far as I can tell, it doesn't look like the multiplayer portion has even been released. There is nothing I can see about it anywhere. <laughs> it looks like they gave up on it. Quietly Jesus. died. So yeah, I yeah, it was um it was a massive disappointment. It was.
0: So it's a shame, it's a real shame, and apparently CI Games now are moving back towards a non-open world tactical shooter, so they're kind of reigning it in for their, their next release, but I, I, it won't be another one in that series, will it, let's be honest? I, I doubt it, but
1: we'll see, we'll see what they do, you never know.
0: Alright, so that's what's disappointed us in 2017. Shall we get more upbeat? Let's, yeah. Get a bit more enthusiasm and energy. Let's find those
2: <laughs> diamonds in the rough. Ali? I've got quite a few surprises this year, I guess. Uh, the Switch being the biggest, mainly yep. because... I didn't go for the Wii U. I'm not a massive fan of gimmick controllers, so I was a bit like, yeah. And then when I saw it, it was portable, sometimes I me, myself and my wife car share, so it's it's quite good. I can sit in the car and play it. I can play on my lunch, out and about if you're traveling, going on holiday, whatever. It, and it's a powerful console for for what it can do. So when it was first announced, I thought, yeah, do you know what? This time I'm going to take a punt and, and get it. And I'm really really happy I did. There's some really great games on it. The portability side of it is great. There's no there's a little bit of a difference. You do get an upscale when you plug it into a TV, but that's it. There's no difference in terms of if it's handheld or not. Um, And some of the games that are now coming out on it, because I think developers are really starting to embrace it now they've seen the sales, like we said at the start of the episode. The biggest surprise for me was when was at EGX and people were actually walking around showing their games on it. Because it has got the built-in monitor screen, whatever you want to call it, they just plonked it down and gave, I think they had up to six of the little Joy-Cons attached to it and we were just playing some random game on it and it was really really good and I thought that's brilliant marketing tactics I was stood in the, the queue for I think it might have been Battlefront 2 and they just plonked it on the side because it was a bit raised up on a bit of wood and yeah we just sat playing someone else's game while waiting to play another game it's a really 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 good bit of kit
0: I've not got one but the there was never any appeal for the Wii U for me because the, the controller was just looked like a gimmick and when it was launched PlayStation could have tried to emulate the same thing through Remote Play.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And the fact they never really bothered spoke volumes.
2: Wasn't there a rumor at one point that they were going to use the Vita as a rear-view mirror in GT? Yes, yeah. I don't think it ever happened. No, and I don't the, know why.
1: They actually were rumoring that back on the PS3. It was, it was, with, it was with using the PSP in one of the F1 games, and it never yeah. came out that I, that I could yeah. see. But the portability of the Switch is
0: really appealing because I travel a lot with work. Yeah, and being able to take a proper a proper console, proper games with me, yeah. very I, appealing.
2: I quite like some Nintendo games, and this might just be me being me. I'm not bloodthirsty or anything like that, but sometimes they're a bit too fluffy for me. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. I, I love Mary Odyssey looks brilliant, and I love oh it, yeah, it is yeah. Legends of Zelda games. So I'm no, I'm I'm just. I'm just being a dick for the sake of being a dick. but uh, No, no,
2: no. But but no, no, my point is, is is those games are good, but they don't last that long. You know, even a console. I can't justify a console for three or four games. Well, you say that, but
0: I'm still playing Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, and that was released, what, in the early 90s?
2: Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now that now there's some other, the other big players starting to make games for it, and you can get Skyrim on it and, and things like that. They've even done their own racing game, which I've not had a look at yet. But... Yeah, it's it's a really, really good bit of kit. I could guarantee if Xbox or Sony had made one, I'm sure they'd have had a load of issues with them so far. I think the worst issues I've seen is the Joy-Cons not connecting properly, which they fixed yeah. fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, they did, not they? They were fast on resolving a lot of issues, and I think you've hit it. They, they went with the core Nintendo audience to begin with. They put out those fluffy games that people wanted, but they, they did have some genuine stunners in there. Yeah. And then, because the install base is there, others are coming on board. And Bethesda, I, I agree with you, Ali. That Bethesda are leading the way, saying, "Well, look at what we've got running on there, uh, and the fact that they can get well, they've got Doom going on it, and Wolfenstein Two will be on it next year. Yeah, it's really, it's really cracking on. And yeah, it, no, great, it is great. It's, it's interesting great as well that, that
0: they they do seem to have a bit of support from Ubisoft with the Rayman Raven Rabbit's tie-in and couple of things like that that ubisoft are pushing that way and i wonder if they're going to see bethesda kind of going all in and, and say right actually
1: let's stop dipping our toes and let's take a dive yeah. Will ubisoft were one of the first to walk away from the wii u weren't they they, they talked for ages about having games in development and then just never bothered mm. they, they yeah. never released anything
2: yeah and i think after that ea followed and a few others and then that was it it was you know the writing was on the wall i think for that console
1: yeah yeah that was within the first six months
0: I have to ask you a question about it. You said when you dock it it, it upscales. Hmm. Is is all the technology on the handheld portion or is is the dock actually got any hardware in it or is it just a just a bit of plastic you're docking into?
2: No, no, no. It's got a bit of hardware into it. There's I think there's something within the gubbins of it which does upscale it. And I think what it does is when it's docked, it allows it to output more power and it gives it that direct input and then it's got the HDMI and things. So there is something within it that does give it that extra power to go to a TV. I've got a, a 4K TV, and I was wondering if it was going to look bad, but it, it it still looks gorgeous. Some of the games look really, really good, especially the Zelda and things.
0: I suppose on the move, it doesn't need as much processing power because it hasn't got to render it to such a high resolution, I suppose, yeah. on a small screen. Yeah, All right. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Anything else that surprised you briefly this year?
2: I'd say the, the new Call of Duty game. It was nice for not to be shot at when people are jumping around on jetpacks and stuff. (laughs) I gave up with that ghost, I think. So I've missed a few.
0: I'm so bored of future shooters now.
2: Yeah, same. I mean, it works well for Titanfall 2. It works well for Halo. Unless you're going all in and it's all aliens and other worlds and different things. Call of Duty was always like The first Modern Warfare was fantastic. I don't think it could be beaten in that kind of genre of shooters.
0: Oh, I do. Modern Warfare
1: Two was was even better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then they just kind of nudged it up a level each time, and then it just kept getting more and more ridiculous. I'll
1: chuck in Infinite Warfare. Actually,
0: was a decent game. To be fair, Advanced Warfare was a decent game, but it's just I don't know. I'm done. I'm just a bit bored of the wall running mechanic and the yeah, jetpacks same, and yeah. the yeah. So there's none of that in it, which is good. Keep it simple, stupid. That's the adage, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, Nintendo have a say on. Who would have thought it? So I actually picked up the uh, Mario Rabbids game. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's, it's, it's hard as nails as well. It's just a bit ridiculous because you've got rabbits dressed up as people from the Mario universe, as the world is now. Um, and, yeah, it's just really, really good. <laughs> Very surprised with that one.
0: All right, Matt. So what's um, before you go into your main one, then, what are a few things that have surprised you but didn't
1: quite blow your socks off? Well, I'll be honest, it's mainly... It's actually just mainly one thing anyway. I was quite nicely surprised by This is the Police earlier this year for what is basically a text-based <laughs> adventure. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was strangely compelling, and I lost hours and hours into it. It, it, it was really good, and I really enjoyed that. I just wasn't expecting it, and, and that was great. But the, the thing, when I sat down and, and started working out what's, what's the biggest surprise of the year, I'm hardware-related as well, rather than it being a game, and it's VR. That's cheating a
0: bit, surely. That came out in 2016.
1: It came out in 2016, but a lot of the games that have come this year have been nice experiences, but nothing to really sell you a system. And being an early adopter with it, I was happy with my purchase, and I enjoyed playing these experiences, but hadn't really hit anything that made me desperately want to be back in that and playing that constantly. Uh, To the point where I think for three months it sat unused at one point. And then back end of this year I've had three games in a space of about four or five weeks which have just reignited my passion for VR. And have made me realise exactly why I I bought that unit and why I want to keep seeing stuff coming for it. Skyrim was the first which is a phenomenal game anyway. But in VR it takes it to a new level. Doom which just proved it could do a first person shooter in VR without making everybody throw up, but also make it a really decent effort of having three different ways of controlling it as well. So there's scope for everybody to play it, whether you're it with a name controller, move controllers, or with a dual shock. And then the latest one I've been playing, which is Shooty Fruity, which <laughs> we saw from a distance at EGX. And I thought, what, seriously? Working on a supermarket checkout, shooting fruit. It's, it's going to be ridiculous. I'll give it a go. My God, is that one of the most fun things I have played all year? It is just excellent. It really is. It's silly, stupid, but brilliant and slick and precise. And it, it's like it's that distilled essence of weapons and just exploding fruits. It's just, it, oh, it, I can't describe it. It's just great fun.
0: For full disclosure, I should detail the conversations that we've had this week. So Matt and I, Matt and I text a lot. And this week I've had several text messages about Shooty Fruity. <laughs> the first one being, I'm going to request Shooty Fruity. The second one being, they're sending us a copy of Shooty Fruity. <laughs> the third one being, Shooty Fruity is really good. To be honest, it had to be good because with a name that awesome, they'd set the bar pretty high. Because it's got to be the best-named game ever, Shooty Fruity.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's just, the the three titles combined, because they're the ones I've played the most over the last few weeks, have really, they've just done it it for me. They've just gone, yeah, okay, this isn't a piece of tech that's going to disappear and it's not going to get supported, which is what I was concerned about. So June, July time this year, when, like I said, it sat on its stand doing nothing, you're really
0: wondering when you look at the way Sony handled the PSP yeah. and the Vita, the relatively lackluster showing of VR stuff from Sony at EGX was concerning.
1: Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, to get to the back end of the year. And in fairness, I've mentioned three, but actually, it probably started with the free bonus level from I Expect You to Die, which is one of the better games I've played for them to chuck out free content, and then you know, these others coming along. I'm now more excited about the new games that are going to come next year. The stuff I don't know about. The Last Guardian, which I haven't downloaded to play yet. All of that stuff is really exciting. Wipeout in VR. That's why the tech side of VR not just necessarily PlayStation but for the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. Those getting the games because the developers tend to be sharing them between the systems rather than keeping them exclusive in all cases. Some are because, you know, Vive and rift are slightly more powerful so they can't translate but yeah I'm, I'm really really upbeat and more confident about what's going to happen with it and therefore that's why i'm, I'm surprised at myself at the back end of this year that I'm really more interested and excited about it than i was six months ago can we play keep talking and nobody explodes again at some point of course we can you need to come and play it in vr you need to be the person defusing the bomb not just giving the instructions. I quite like being the one giving instructions. That, and that is a great experience. <laughs> and, and in fact, uh, we're saying that for a VR point of view, but I think you can do it on mobiles. It's it's available on a lot of platforms, is that game.
2: I can get it on my S7.
1: It's well worth getting and playing and, and having... So you, you obviously need a partner. Yeah. But it, it is great. We went full on bomb disposal tech, didn't we? We
0: Oh, yeah. We'd be brilliant if we had a, a bomb disposal manual and a bomb. Good to know. And I was 50 miles away and you were the one there diffusing it. We'd be fine. <laughs> Yeah, you only
1: killed me three times. All right, okay. So so yeah, VR from me. VR, the, the, the reigniting my passion for it. I had a couple in the surprises shortlist. I think, the,
0: um, I think Middle Earth Shadow of War surprised me, but just because I never really knew much about it and I got gifted a copy and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. But I didn't think that was justification enough to put it at the top of my list. Assassin's Creed Oranges has surprised me because I've not played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag, and I think it was the scope of Black Flag. I think after that, you had, what, Unity and Syndicate. Yes. And they, they kind of reined it in back to the city level, didn't they, with those games? Yeah. And it was just never as appealing. After the scale of Black Flag, I, I just wasn't bothered about going back to Paris or London. Mm, fair enough. But then after Oranges was released, I saw all the, all the pictures and everyone raving about it. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go and picked it up on a PlayStation sale. And uh, it, it's fabulous. Really good.
2: I'm controversial with this one because Black Flag isn't my favourite one. To me, Assassin's Creed is always running across rooftops and jumping down on people and stabbing them, not going around in a pirate ship blowing stuff up. Don't get me wrong, that is awesome, but that just isn't Assassin's Creed game to me. That's R-Pirate or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think for me at the moment it goes Oranges, Black Flag, Brotherhood.
2: What would it be for me? I would say Origins is good, or Oranges as you like to call it. Maybe Syndicate, I really enjoyed that in London. And then probably Assassin's Creed 2. That's the one where they really went, right, we know what we've got. Let's build on it.
1: Two is the two is my favourite. Two, Brotherhood, then probably Black Flag.
2: You do know when oranges as well, you can put your hair and beard back on. Did you figure that out?
1: Oh, I've
0: already done it, mate. I've already oh, done okay. it. Just check in. <laughs> do you think I play anything unbearded?
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you draw, draw it on my pen if it's not an option. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, sat on my shelf waiting to be installed is that one at the moment
0: you definitely install oranges I think the biggest surprise for me in 2017 was Prey Ooh. I, I really enjoyed Prey I really liked it and I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting into I think and I think that's part of the problem
2: you don't like horror it. games either do you no I don't do you know what it wasn't because I played the demo and it scared the shit out of me when that Coke can jumped at me and it's a spider or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't get much better through the rest of the game either. It <laughs> the is, mimics whatever it they are. It is very unnerving. It's a bit
0: unnerving, but it was. It's like a sandbox where they give you all the tools to to kind of play it by whichever style suits you best. It's okay.
2: uh, in a
0: similar vein to Dishonored, yeah. um,
1: and with no disservice to pray because I did really enjoy it. it, it it's a Dishonored skin, basically. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> it just shocks me. Uh, how I don't know. It was well reviewed, but it just seemed to be poorly received by the public. It wasn't there wasn't much uptake on it. You know, in the, in the first week it was released, it was behind the Switch port of Mario Kart Eight, and yeah, okay, it hit number one in the UK sales chart the week after, but it was thirty percent or so down on on its sales from the week before. So it wasn't a runaway success in those terms. No, yeah, I, I guess part of that's been put on Bethesda for not releasing any review copy in advance, so perhaps people thought. Actually, it's not going to be any good, which is a complete misnomer. It was, it was a brilliant
1: game. It had its issues, which all did get fixed, and in fairness, most notably on the PS4, with slowdown and stutter and, and various bits and pieces, even on the pros, but it, it all got fixed. But from a storytelling perspective, it was really nicely done. And the way you put it, you can play how you want to play. You can also determine the story how you want it to turn out. By however you're feeling with with the, with Morgan as a character and what you want him to be, oh, okay. it's got kind of it's got kind of multiple endings and there's there's
0: several main themes across those endings. So you know if you if you play in a certain way and make certain decisions, then you're you're heading off down a particular branch. But within those, apparently there's loads of little deviations depending on things that you've done throughout the game and little changes yeah. that you've made, and it's quite dynamic. It, It it was just great. And I think the the point point you made about it being horror as well, from a developer's point of view, I think they shied away from putting too many set pieces and horror set pieces because there's a lot of different options and a lot of different routes and paths you can take depending on your outlook and your approach. Right. They knew that people would be coming at stuff from different angles. A bit like Deus Ex then, I guess. Yeah. The other thing, when you talk about Deus Ex, especially um, Mankind Divided, is they made a conscious effort that there weren't going to be any bottlenecks yeah. that could be impacted by your, your play style or your choices. You think about the first boss fight that you, you hit in Deus Ex. If you had a stealth build, you were absolutely screwed. Yeah, They kind of consciously made sure they avoided situations like that in
1: Prey. Yeah. Well, I think it's mainly because there aren't really any boss battles. No, suppose, yeah. there, there's, not a, there's not a choke point um, yeah. that says you must absolutely fight this thing at this point. Now, yeah. That's not to say there aren't you know, specific enemies that you will. Well, you, no, I say you will. You don't have to take them down. I'm thinking mainly of Nightmare, which stalks you and, and is a major horror element. But you can just run and hide from it. <laughs> run and, away. And just sit still for about three minutes, and then, uh, then you just avoid it after that. If you, you stealth stealthy way around. Or you can go in all guns blazing and take it down. I don't know which way you played it. I didn't actually go for any of the alien powers. I kept it purely human. I I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: should I have these alien powers? That moral dilemma didn't take long to resolve.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I played the demo, like I said, and I really enjoyed it. It's just a game I've not picked up. There's just been so many this year. and There's been a lot of good games as well. Yeah, That's why I'm not part of the year of shame. (laughs) Because I I can't refuse them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a problem. So Prey was a really big surprise to me. It wasn't,
1: I don't know, just perhaps it wasn't what I was expecting. It had a lot more depth than I thought it might. It was compelling with Prey. It came out on the Friday before I I went on holiday for a week. And I took my Vita with me and I remote played it whilst I was away. (laughs) Because I I just wanted to keep on playing the story. For the life of me, I can't remember what happened and what came out that stopped me from playing it. Because I was about three quarters of the way through. then i must have moved to something else because i I ended up finishing it last month as a momentum and 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 still can't understand why i stopped playing it in the first
2: place yeah the remote play with the vita is something i don't use enough
1: i think it's because it's hit and miss sometimes you get a really great stable connection and and it's a lot of fun but every now and again it it even happens to me in the same room as the ps4 it'll drop connection for Mm. 10 or 15 seconds and you're you're just scuppered. Yeah. And there are certain games you can't play. You can't play a racing game with it. Oh, no. Absolutely. no, no. I tried playing I tried playing Drive Club, which has specific remote-play controls, and you just, if you lose it for two seconds, you're in a wall. But some things it works brilliantly, and Prey did. It worked really well. Cool.
0: All right, well, thank you very much. Ali, thanks for joining us again. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Yes, thank you for having me. I mean, you know, come back anytime.
2: Of course, yeah. As long as you don't lock the door this time. <laughs>
1: Well, you have still got the key, so okay. always open.
0: Excellent. All right. Uh, so, why don't you let us know what has uh, surprised or disappointed you in 2017? You can uh, you can let us know via Twitter at Codec Moments or Facebook. You can uh, you can find our Facebook group uh, by searching Codec Moments there. Or ooh, that looks like a nice beer. What's that? Estrella. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're old school, you can email podcast at codecmoments.com. dot com. Anything else, Matthew? No, you've covered it all. Uh, well done. Got it all right this time. Excellent. Super fab. Uh, and Codent Momentum. Oh, yeah. So uh, codic Momentum's kind of blown up because I said I was going to make some dodgy trophies out of broken Shot 2s.
1: You have no idea how many entries we've had yep. since that podcast really? went out. Really? Um, people are battling for that top spot, and they want Cullen off the top spot.
0: I've started making my trophies. You're nodding at me enthusiastically. I assume that means you've got nothing further to add. Yep. use your words
1: you're doing, you're doing a good <laughs> job of wrapping this up so I was just enjoying it
0: <laughs> we'll see you soon bye bye, bye.